Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. Braden Hafner here with Matt Klein sitting next to me. Today, I'm excited because we have a friend of mine, a co-worker in Family Life Canada. Sheldon Dean is here with us, and he's going to share about his story, his journey, and this is going to be great because he's just he's got a lot of wisdom in this and he's gone through the experience and journey of getting porn out of his life and out of his marriage as well. So we're really excited to get going on this. Sheldon, just maybe introduce yourself a little bit and lead us into the journey that you went on in regards to your story with pornography and getting it out of your life. Yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, really excited to be here with you. Before we get into even my story, I just want to say thank you for what you guys are doing. This podcast, uh, talking about uh, pornography, sometimes isn't an easy subject to, to tackle. And a lot of times we we stay silent on this subject. And that's kind of been my experience throughout my life. And I think the silence is what has led to some of my issues in the past. And, and I just love how you guys are tackling this head on. You've got this podcast, you've done some other things throughout with, uh, with just all of what Pure Victory and Restored Ministries is, is all about. And I just want to thank you guys for what you guys are doing. And to be part of this, part of this journey, to be asked to do this is such a, a wonderful opportunity. And so thanks. Uh, thanks for inviting me to be here. Thanks for the plug. You know, we didn't even have to pay you to do that. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's all free. All free for you guys here. <laughs> so it's all good. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, pornography is part of my story. And uh, it was introduced into my life early, early on. Like a lot of people, I was uh, I was 11 or 12. In fact, so I've lived a lot of places in, in Canada, but we were living in Victoria, BC this one time. And I was in this one spare room across uh, just outside of our family room. 
one of the, we had some friends over and, and there's music on, on the TV and someone yelled out, Oh, bare naked ladies are on the TV. And like, I dropped everything I was doing and like went running to this room to find out it was really just a band named just, bare naked just ladies. middle-aged men full of clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it threw me for a shock. And right there, like there's a warning sign, right? I probably should have been like, wait a second, what is going on? Why is this so intriguing to me? But I didn't. And what I did was unfortunately find out or, or search out what I really was looking for. And this led to a, over a 20-year uh, journey in my life, a secret hidden journey that really, at the end of it, really almost cost me my marriage. And and I had a lot of addictions in my life uh, that I had to get rid of. And, and one of those was pornography. See, you see, 13 years into our marriage, I was done. And, uh, and I remember saying to Valerie that I wanted out. The addictions were controlling my life. And, and I just thought, well, if I just left my family, then that's where my happiness will be. And that's where I can just kind of be free. And like, they're holding me back and hindering me. And that's not the case at all. Even before we get started, that's not the case. Actually, my family is so important to me. The most important thing to me after my, my walk with Christ is my relationship with my wife and, and then my kids. But at this point in my life, I was so hurt and lost, really, in allowing these addictions to really control my life. And I remember just saying to Valerie that I wanted out. And it was 13 years into our marriage. And I asked for a night to to go and just really think about what my life was going to look like and where we were going to go with that. And I drove around our city. I live in Regina, Saskatchewan. And I just drove around. I had nowhere to go. I didn't have a plan of where I was going to go. And I just drove around. I remember parking our vehicle, our, parked our truck in, in the parking lot. It's a theater building called the Connexus Art Center. And I can take you back to this exact parking spot. I can talk to you about the day and what it looked like, even where the geese were, were walking in front of the vehicle. It's just so vivid to me. Man, I, I just wrestled with God. I, I yelled. I, I was I was full of anger, blaming him for everything, really blaming him for where my life was, like it was his fault. Now looking back, I realize that these were my choices. This was something I did in my life, my, my choice, not not what God did. I, I just remember this anger and, and, and crying out to him. And through all of this, man, that is the moment that I have felt the most love and peace. The, the only way I can describe it is this waterfall just washing and, and flowing right over top of my body. And I remember just asking God, like, where are you? Where could you be in my life? And how can my life get like this? And he started showing me people in my life that he had brought along to help me out of the journey, but that I had just really pushed away. And uh, I rededicated my life to Christ that night. I I said, I'm broken. I'm, I'm dirty. I'm messy. I have no idea what you could possibly do with this life. And he just said, perfect. That's the way I want you. I went home that night, the same night that I said I wanted to leave or that I wanted the time away and went home that night, pull up to our house and the song, which is really weird because I do not listen to her music. The song um, by Chantel Kriviasik, and, and if someone listens to her, I'm not, I'm not dissing her or anything. It's just, I, I didn't listen to her, but the, for some reason, this song comes into my head about uh, it feels like home to me. And as I walked up our driveway, I just sang, this feels like home to me. And I walked in our, our house and Valerie came down the hallway and around the corner and she asked me, what does this mean? And I said, it, it means I choose you, choose us. I choose to fight for this and I'm willing to do what it takes to rebuild our marriage, to build back our friendship. Went to counseling uh, for our marriage, went to counseling for my life and just 
got fully restored. I mean, God just did this absolute miracle in our life. Seven years now, I've been free uh, from this addiction, free from looking at porn. And it's awesome. I just, when I, when I get sharing our story, I'm often reminded of 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Uh, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Man, that verse is Probably my favorite verse in, in all of scripture because of what it tells me that I am a new creation. I've been reborn. I've been made new. And I don't have to hold on to that guilt and that shame and, and my past, but I get to, yeah. I get to be new. And, you know, this then led to a, a three year journey of, of fasting and praying. Uh, not fully three years of fasting. We did eat throughout the three years, but, uh, you know, Important. yeah, but we, it's led to this, this journey of just being called into ministry and ended up leaving my job. And now I work with Family Life Canada. I work with Brad and uh, I work with Family Life Canada here in Saskatchewan. And, uh, and we get to bring help and hope to other marriages by sharing our story, sharing what God has done and bringing tools that can help others through on, on their journey as well. I love it. It's an incredible story that the Lord has allowed you to share and put in your life. And, you know, I love that you talked about you were in, the, in your in your vehicle that day and you were just crying out to the Lord, yelling at him, you're mad at him. And the reality is God doesn't get offended. I mean, he's he's not mad when we do that. We see in the Psalms that the man after God's own heart just cried out to God all the time. And he accused God of doing different things and not listening to him, not being with him. And he just went to the depths of how he was feeling. And so did you. And the Lord meets you in that moment. And I think that that's key for a lot of listeners to hear is that you can be real with God. You can say anything to him that would be offensive maybe to somebody else and he won't get offended. Just let him know how you're feeling. And that's exactly how God wants us to come to him, Mm -hmm. um, just with an open heart and with that desperation. So, So I love that. But I had a question. You talked about different addictions. So we're talking about pornography, but you had other addictions in your life. One other addiction, different addictions, because sometimes people have multiple addictions and they go to pornography, but then they'll stop doing that. And then the other addiction will increase or they'll do it simultaneously. And so can you speak to that a little bit? I don't know exactly what this situation there was for you. Yeah, for me, it was alcohol was another hidden addiction in my life. Uh, One that we had thought that I shouldn't say we thought one that um, Valerie had thought that we had dealt with and, and got out of my life, but I hit it. One of the things I learned really early, I'm a pastor's kid and I'm not putting down pastor's kids. I'm not be putting that down. But unfortunately, one of the things that that taught me was how to hide, how to hide and, and kind of be this uh, different person for, for the different situations I was in. And unfortunately, I brought those same tendencies into our marriage and I brought that same tendency of hiding and lying into our marriage. And, and that's just leads to destruction. And, and anytime there's hiddenness in our marriage, no matter what it is, it, it's not going to be a good situation to be in. So, you know, well, another thing that I had to deal with was alcohol. And, and a part of the journey was getting that free from my life. And I can remember, I don't need to go into it here, but I can remember the day when I, when I knew that I was free from that and maybe I will go into it now that I said it. Don't want to leave the listeners hanging or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, teasing them a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get back on you guys. I just love what you guys are doing. I'm trying to get on the podcast again. <laughs> Needs to be a two parter. I guess <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but I remember this one time I walked by this uh, patio bar, and all I wanted to do was go in there and and have a drink. And uh, it was the middle of the day, but I made a promise that I wasn't. I had some some guys I could reach out to, and so I started reaching out to them. But then the next week, I walked past that same patio, and my heart broke. 
for the people that were under this this wow. regime, under this uh, addiction. And you know, I, I'm not saying that alcohol is a bad thing, but for me, like it it is like it, it just doesn't lead to anything that that is good. And so I don't want to put shame on or guilt on people out there. But for me, I, I just I don't know I, if I want to live a, a strong testimony and, and a strong faith for Christ. That was something in my life that I needed out. And uh, I just remember that day so clearly again, just and that moment when I walked by, my heart broke that I knew I was set free and just such a different attitude and approach to to that. Right. And one of the things that Matt and I talked about, too, because I think you're really speaking into this well, but when we have things like addiction in our life, we have it's not just the addiction. It's a lifestyle around it. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we maintain this structure so that we can stay hidden. You mentioned briefly about leaving your job. What was kind of the, the process for you of, of getting away from the, a certain kind of lifestyle to to kind of expose these things and get them out of your life? A lot of it was, for me, all these addictions really boiled down to uh, three things. And it was getting honest with myself, uh, getting the help that I needed, and then getting into the Bible and just reading that thing and, and whatnot. And so I first had to admit that I had uh, that I had an issue, that I needed help. And then I actually had to go and, and reach out and ask for help. I think one of the things that we do as men is we're so scared to ask for help. And we think that no one else struggles with it, the problems that we have or the addictions that we have. The thing I find, though, is when we actually start asking for help, we actually find men that are currently struggling in the same area or that have found victory in that area. We actually don't find the shame and the, and the guilt. And maybe we do, and, and maybe some do, and maybe they've been guilted and shamed because they came out and free. And for me, for that, if you're a listener and, and that was your experience, first, my heart breaks for you. I'm sorry that that was your experience. But don't give up. Find somebody that will still walk with you. Restored Ministries, they've got people that will easily uh, walk that journey with you and and help you through it. But don't give up. And so I, I had to get help, go to counseling for my life and go to counseling for our marriage. And this is what really began this journey of leading us out of our jobs uh, into family life. And, and as I said, getting into the Bible. Really, for me, when you talk about this lifestyle, Brad and that's really what Christianity to me is. It is a lifestyle. It's not this one time I raised my hand at camp or, or I went forward at church and I said this prayer. But man, it is changing my life that I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to eat, breathe, sleep Jesus. And so if I want Jesus coming out of me, I have to be putting Jesus into me. I hope that makes sense. Like that may sound kind of weird. Like what? You eat Jesus? No. Like what I mean is, that we need to be hungry and read the Word of God. We need to memorize Scripture, which, again, something I've noticed with the two of you in this podcast, you guys just know Scripture. You, you can just you just recite it. And, and that was something that really helped me, starting to memorize Scripture, praying anytime temptations came through. And, and this is one thing that really changed our life and our marriage, was we actually did an inventory of the music we listened to, the TV shows we watched, and the movies we went to. And now I may blow away some some people's lifestyle here, but like, for example, the show Friends, we used to watch it. It's funny, or at least I thought it was funny. And then I actually started looking at the jokes that they have. It's actually a lot of things that we should stand against. There's actually one show where the actors get caught watching pornography for a whole day because it's for free. 
and they they joke about it. Like honestly, like that was something that just for for us really changed us. Uh, really looked at the music that we listened to, the TV shows we watched, the, the movies, and as I said, kind of getting into scripture. The Bible is loaded with passages about putting off unrighteousness and putting on righteousness. So often, you know, we talk about this porn issue or, or an addiction that we have and we're like, well, just quit, just quit the addiction. But the problem is, is that we actually don't replace the unrighteous act. And so what we end up doing is either falling back into the addiction or we just replace it with another unrighteous thing. But the scriptures are full of replacing unrighteousness with righteousness. So, I mean, there's Colossians 3, 1 to 17, Ephesians 4, 17, 13. I love the whole book of James. Like that is like, like this is what's really changed my life was reading these scriptures and reading first and second Peter and being like, okay, how does this apply to my life? Not just like, what does it say? But how does it apply to my life? Uh, uh, Galatians 5, 16 to 26. These things are just jam packed with instructions about putting off the old self and then putting on the new self. I love what you're talking about, about having it replace something, like replace the bad with the good. Because when you're talking about crude humor with the show Friends, for example, it's changing the lifestyle. You take an inventory of your life and it's not just about getting sober or or free from porn or from alcohol. It's about becoming healthy. There's a difference between sober and healthy. Mm-hmm. And you got healthy. And you looked at this inventory and you went to the extreme. I mean, you eliminated friends. But when you're talking about that, I'm reminded in Ephesians 5, where it says to let there be no filthiness or foolish talk or not even crude joking because they're out of place. But then it it has the replacement. It says, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And in Colossians 2, it says when you're overflowing with thanksgiving, then then you're rooted in Christ. So I think that speaks exactly to what you're saying. I think it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, because it's going to influence us. And uh, I've actually started working with youth at our church and, and I actually challenged them for a whole month to not listen to any secular music. And and I can guarantee you, I can find you a Christian artist. Like Christian music has gone, has gotten so much better than when we were younger. But anyways, I challenged our youth for a whole month not to listen to secular music, but to replace it with Christian music. You know what they reported back to me, the ones that took this on? They had less depression in their life. They had more purpose in their life and they had struggled with anxiety less. That was what they told me. Like I didn't have to tell them, right? Amazing. But I'll tell you, my life is the exact same thing. When I replace those things, when I do what scripture, again, how does this apply to my life and what can I do? How can I live this? How can I walk this? It just changes everything. But we got to be willing to do the work. And I think you know, that's part of the walk and that's part of handling the addictions and, and getting set free is we got to be willing to do the work, put that time in, setting up a battle plan. Again, I believe that scripture provides these battle plans for us. Love how Ephesians chapter 6, uh, 10, 18 talks about the armor of God. You want to read a verse every day that you wake up, read that verse, put on the armor. I actually think that these are like physical, spiritual things that we can put on to be prepared for the day that's that's going to come. Another one of my favorite verses, I just want to share this one, Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Like It's so powerful. But the question is, and this is what I asked myself as I was going through this, is do I believe it? 
Do I trust that? And do I live knowing that? So, Brian, that's kind of a long answer, I think, to, to your question of like, what was my process and, and what led us down this journey? But those are those things. I, I had to get honest. I had to get help. But man, I, most importantly, I had to get into scripture. I, I shared on my pastor. I grew up in the church. I, I knew these things, but I didn't apply these things. And I had to get into the scripture and really apply it to my life. No, I really appreciate you sharing that because often people, they think of scripture as something that maybe doesn't really apply to their life or, or how do I utilize this in my life? And they don't even think of it as in a sense that it changes your heart. It changes the way you view the world. It, it changes the lens that you look at life through. And then not only that, when we live it, when we actually apply it to our life and, and believe upon what God's doing in and through his word, we start to see that change in our life too. And so like, we want to talk a little bit about that too, because I mean, you've, you've mentioned how your life was transforming, you're getting kind of this lifestyle change happening and occurring, because that's so much part of how we get porn of our life. It's not just about getting porn out of our life, it's about overall health, right? And so you, you, you moved away from your secular job, your marriage, you know, everything started to change for you and your life was being changed. Maybe just break that down a little bit, like for people that are struggling, what hope can you get through kind of, of the journey that you're describing? Don't rush. Uh, I think the the thing that really comes to me is is it's time. You know, I'm able to share these things and like, oh, this is what we did, and this is this process, and this is this process, and, and it almost could sound like it was just like this overnight thing. And I do want to say this though, with actually my addictions to pornography and alcohol, lying and anger, those things, I'm still working on some of my anger in my life. I'll tell you, I still can lose that a little bit. And God's never done with us, right? Like that's the thing. Yeah. We're we're always processing and, and changing. But this pastor one time asked me what twelve step program I went to, to to get this out of my life, and I said actually it was one step. I got into the Word of God and I started living it. Like like that's actually like I really did. Like I really just opened up the Word of God and said, okay, how do I live this Christian life that I that I want to proclaim and that I talk about, and and I started taking those steps towards it. Yeah, it was a process of going through these things. And I can remember this one night of just crying out to God, asking, like, I was ready. I was ready to leave our job. This is a three-year journey of, of like, from the moment uh, that we go to counseling to leaving my job, it's a three-year cycle of waiting and asking. And I, and I picked people's brains. I would talk to pastors. I would talk to missionaries. I would talk to anybody that kind of had the, my similar story of, like, was in a secular job, so to speak and left to go into ministry. And I was like, how did you know? Like, how did you know? Like, what was the tipping point that you had? And there was, there was two themes that always came to me uh, through everyone's story. And one was be patient and don't kick any doors open. And God will actually show you where you want, where he wants you to go if you're willing to listen. And I can remember this one night I was crying out on our couch, like literally like crying. I'm an emotional guy. I, I, I cry lots. I cry even reading scripture or giving announcements at church. Okay, well, maybe that's a little drastic, but you get my, <laughs> you get my point of what I'm saying here. But I remember I, I was crying out to God uh, in our living room and, and I said, okay, I'm going to do what, what we teach and what we tell our youth is so often we spend time talking to God and we don't spend time listening to God. And that was me. I would just talk and talk and talk. And so I said, okay, I'm going to sit on my couch and I'm going to listen. And I will stay up all night, God, if that's what it takes. But I'm going to sit and listen to to what where you're directing me. I'd tell you probably it wasn't even like 30 seconds when I stopped talking. 
And God said, be still. And I started laughing and I'm like, no, like, God, I want an answer. Like, this is what, like, we're talking here. Like, I want actually direction here. And I just be still and know that I am God. And so that's where I put my hope and my trust is to be still and know that he is God. And then a few months later, doors started opening and started meeting people with family life. I'd never heard of Power to Change before. I started researching more on them and, and everything just felt right that God was leading us down that path. And yeah, and three years after that, left my job and, and started working with Family Life. Been with them now for four years and just loving every day. Love waking up knowing it's like not a job, but it's really a calling and only God can equip me to do this. And so we rely on his strength and, and the Holy Spirit every day that we walk this journey. Amazing. I love it. And I love too that you've talked a lot about scripture, and but you also referred to prayer and to fasting. And thankfully, you didn't fast for 1100 days straight over, <laughs> over three oh, years. You did the math on maybe, that one. <laughs> maybe, you, uh, maybe you had a meal every 40 days yeah. or something. Maybe it was a 40-day fast. I don't know. But with Restored and our Pure Freedom journey right now, which guys are in and they get weekly training and resources and community guys supporting each other. And if you haven't heard of Pure Freedom Journey or, or gotten involved, you should definitely check it out. But with that, this week, this very week, we're talking about fasting, actually, because we're starting out with just this the foundational stuff of getting free is not the psychological tools. It's how to, how to make the Bible come alive, how to pray through this stuff, how to fast. The scripture doesn't say if you fast, this is when you fast. And so, so it's a thing that should be involved in every Christian life. And so I love that, that you engaged in that and that obviously you saw power from that. I know that fasting has a lot of, a lot of power, a lot of influence in, in overcoming and eliminating fleshly addictions and fleshly desires. So for you listening out there, that's something that I would encourage you strongly to, to incorporate into your life if you haven't yet. So moving forward, then now you've been free seven years, you've been in ministry four years, you've got a great impact, you're doing it with your wife, the wife that you wanted to leave, and now you're in ministry together impacting other couples, and I love it. Have you picked up on the cost of pornography or the cost of addiction? Like looking back, maybe something you didn't realize in the moment that you now share with other people that it might be costing them in their life that maybe they're not realizing in the moment. Well, it's interesting, right? Because... Everything costs something in our life, right? And you go to the store, it's going to cost some. Every yes you say is a no to something else. Now, that doesn't have to be a bad thing, right? Yeah. I, I can say yes to hanging out with my with my kids, but that means I'm saying no to something else, right? And uh, so, so there's a there's a cost to everything. And you know, I, yeah, there there's definitely a cost to pornography for some. You know, it could be a job, it could be money, the, the money that people spend on it. And for me, you know, it could have cost me our, our marriage, but thankfully God restored it. And, uh, and we're so thankful for that. And, you know, I actually use an acronym on cost because, the, you know, the word cost is, is used in so many areas of our life and, and, uh, and whatnot. So what I do uh, when I'm walking through this journey with other guys and talking about pornography with them is to walk through a little bit of a, a little acronym that I've used with cost. And uh, the C that we that we have is cause. You know, what, what causes us to turn to porn? Is it stress, pride, uh, bitterness, disappointment, shame, fleshly desires, lack of self-control? It, it also could be a void or, or this emptiness that's, that we're trying to fill within us. And we think porn or any addiction is what is going to, to lead us there or the shame cycle, those types of things, right? And so, so often though, we, we just want to focus on pornography and we just kind of talk about the pornography 
But I actually believe that there's a root issue. There's a sin issue in our life somewhere. And that's what we actually need to talk about. And so if we can identify what's causing us to go into reach or causing us to head into pornography, if we can identify what that root issue is, I think we actually, then we start actually dealing with the problem uh, and, and the sin that's in our life. And we begin the process of freeing ourselves from porn or any other addiction that we're in. The O is for others. We've got to get others involved in this journey. I had three other men that joined me. And what I did there was why I had three. If you only have one, sometimes the one guy could be busy. And so we sent out a text or a phone call and we don't get, hear back from him. With three, there's a good chance at least one of them is going to respond or call us right away or be able to answer. And so I had three guys that joined me in this journey. And with that, I also say it is best to have somebody that has been free from this. You know, we don't want to have somebody that is currently struggling as well with pornography. You know, it could just be that phone call like, oh, hey, I looked today. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, okay. Hey, how's it going? Like, like there's like no no freedom in that or, or no hope, right? And so find someone that, that has been set free. S is scripture. I, I think I've mentioned that quite a bit throughout this time, but reach for the Bible instead of pornography. Download the Bible on your devices. And so go to that every time an urge comes, every time uh, temptation comes, reach for the Bible. There's a story in scripture, and, and, I, and I love this, uh, where Satan tempts Jesus uh, three times. And what I love about this story is Jesus's response. He doesn't get into conversation. He doesn't like pull up his socks, so to speak. I don't know if they wore socks back then, but it's a, fra- it's a, a phrase, right? But <laughs> he doesn't just say like, oh, I'm going to push through it. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to do this. No, Satan tempts Jesus. And Jesus responds with scripture right away. And I also don't, I don't think that he was scrambling for scripture, like, oh, what's the scripture and pull out the Torah and try to find one, right? I think that it was already in him yeah. because he'd spent time in this, in the word and with the father. So it was already in him and he was able to just pull it out because because he had put himself in him, I guess, put Jesus in us and Jesus woke him out, right? So yeah, I love it. Yeah, which means we got to spend time in scripture, right? We've got to do that work to get in there. And then the T is for thoughts. You know, if we begin to control our thoughts, then then when that urge comes or that temptation happens, we don't let our thoughts head down that negative path. Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Philippians 4, verse 8, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Like, like if that's our thought pattern, if that's our go-to versus the negative, and so we're training our, our minds, we're setting our minds on things above, when the temptation comes, when or maybe the temptation walks past us, or the urge comes, we're training our minds to be thinking uh, on things above. And so we're going to be able to handle that. And so, yeah, you know, unfortunately, porn is going to cost something. And coming free, uh, you guys have shared in your earlier podcast about, uh, Brad, and you shared about sharing that with your wife. You had Val and, and Al on, uh, a husband and wife, sharing their journey about what pornography did in their life and their story. And thankfully, God restored them and, and yourself, Brad. And you know, unfortunately, it is going to cost us something. The question is, what is it going to be? But it doesn't have to. I think that's the other piece I want to get across. Like, like there is hope. There is victory. We can be set free. And I really think we've got to put the work into it. And those are some of the things that I've done uh, that really worked in my life that helped me set, set myself free. 
Yeah, and we really appreciate you sharing that. Kind of to wrap up, we love the hopeful component of this. There's hope in this. And would you just briefly kind of talk about, those of you who don't know Sheldon, he's a great family, great kids, great wife. Great looking, great looking. (laughs) Great looking family. What it means for you, I mean, even having daughters, but within your family, understanding how, what that does in your perspective with pornography. But not only that, as you talk about that too, can you just describe a little about the legacy of what it means for your family of we having a, a porn-free marriage and then how that impacts your future generations that, that come down to your family? Yeah. Hey, and if anyone hasn't seen you guys, I mean, you guys are looking great too uh, over on, on your side there too. So it uh, it isn't just me as you guys are trying to say here, but you know, leave a legacy, perspective, those things are huge. Perspective is one of the things that really changed for me. We have three kids. I have a son and uh, and two daughters. And man, the last thing I would want is my daughters to end up in, in an industry like that where uh, trafficking is happening, abuse, rape, all these things that we kind of don't really like to talk about with pornography, but it's real and, and it exists. And, and being part of it, uh, clicking on the free sites, you're, you're being part of the of the abuse that, that's going on, unfortunately. And, and that may sound harsh, and, and I don't mean it to sound harsh, but in the end, like we've got to be real here, and we've got to be real with each other, and, and we've got to say what's going on. And so perspective is is a huge thing. We actually, you know, talking about leaving a legacy is one of the things that we talk about often in our family. What's the legacy that we want to leave? And so I would love to ask the listeners that before I share a little bit more on that is, what's the legacy that you want to leave? Uh, what do you want to leave behind for your kids and what do you want to be known for and, and remembered for? And and so, you know, our kids' ages uh, range from 11 uh, to 21 and uh, we're already talking about pornography with our 11-year-old daughter. And I was exposed to it around that age. Uh, a lot of research uh, and, and stories I hear is people being exposed to it around that age. And And so sometimes we get so scared to talk about it. But hey, if we don't talk about it and if we don't teach our children sex from a from a biblical perspective from a biblical worldview the world's going to teach them the, the culture is going to teach them and so if we get scared to talk about it in our own family our kids are going to find the answers somewhere else and they're probably going to find them in an unhealthy way which is what i did i went and found it in an unhealthy way and so i want to change that i want to change that legacy i want to leave a legacy of a family that is not addicted to pornography what would that look like? What would it look like if we raised men and we raised women? Because this isn't just a man issue anymore, right? Like this is this is going right across the sexes here. And so what would it look like in the church if we raised a generation that didn't even know what pornography was? That didn't even know. They know what it is because we talk about it because we're not scared to talk about sex. But they actually know what a biblical worldview of sex is from God's creation. I just think that would just change. We would just see this new revolution. It would change marriages. It would change lives. And here's the thing with legacy, right? It begins with us. It begins with us taking that one step. It begins with us making that one decision. It begins with us not making that click tonight, not making that click today, not opening up the magazine or wherever it is that people are going to find their pornography these days. Hmm. It starts with us. Yeah. One day at a time. Man, that's what I love about legacy. That's what I'm living for. And, and to, to pass that on into my children, to my grandchildren and, and beyond is is just, I think it would be just a beautiful picture if that was not part of my family's story moving forward. 
What a great challenge, Sheldon. Thank you for that. I think that, I mean, that, that pumps me up thinking about, and I hope that pumps you uh, as a listener up to that we can leave a great legacy. So we want to thank you for taking part in this, Sheldon. We really appreciate you sharing your story and you have such great experience in this and wisdom in this. And uh, we just, we, we just thank you for this. For those of you listening out there, please share this podcast, like it, leave your comments um, on iTunes and Spotify that helps us get the word out there better. So please do that. We really appreciate the support. Aside from that, thanks again, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.